Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com, that's patreon.com forward slash baldhead bible, and there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. Seven o one B.C. Quite the busy year for King Hezekiah. It was a year of spiritual highs, but also a lot of spiritual lows. It was a year he nearly died. It was a year his kingdom was nearly taken from him. But it was also a year where he trusted in God more, saw the angel of the Lord take out 185,000 soldiers, and... God used him dramatically to save his people. 701 B.C. Quite the year. You know, I wonder what this year will bring for me. And for you. Will it be as dramatic a year, as amazing a year as Hezekiah had? It could be. If you trust in the living God, if you decide to follow Jesus with all your heart completely, this year could be amazing. Well, we left Hezekiah last time, raising his glass at a victory feast after defeating Sennacherib. He notices something wrong about his skin and realizing he has a terrible disease and what will happen next. Well, that is the way the story is told in the books of Second Kings, Second Chronicles, and Isaiah. It follows that chronology. Hezekiah defeats Sennacherib, and then he gets a sickness and is told by God that he is going to die. But in reality, the story should go like this. Hezekiah gets sick and is told by God he is going to die, and then he deals with Sennacherib and is rescued by the angel of the Lord. When I gather what's happening in the books of 2 Kings, 2 Chronicles, and Isaiah, when I put them all together, that should have been their chronology. What I should have done is put this episode in between the reforms of Hezekiah, the way he answered God's call to cleanse the land and to restore the temple, to call the people to a great celebration of Passover, and then, later on, at the age of 39, 14 years into his wonderful reign as king, 
at the year 701 BC, that's when we meet today's story. That's when God allows Hezekiah to get a disease. Now, we're not certain what that disease was. All we know is that it involved the skin and possibly boils. The other thing we do know is that it was terminal. Hezekiah was going to die from it. The only thing is, Hezekiah did not know that this disease was going to kill him, but God knew. In fact, it seems that God sent this disease to do that exact thing, to lead to Hezekiah's death. His time was over. And so God sent his prophet Isaiah to tell Hezekiah that exact thing. This disease you have is going to kill you. Prepare yourself. Get your house in order. You're going to die. And you're going to join the Lord, Yahweh, in the afterlife. Wow! What a blessing from God. Hezekiah gets the message that this disease that he's struggling with will kill him. But you get to be with Yahweh. Wow! I know some people struggling with a disease that's probably going to end their life, but they're not certain, and they would love to know that. It would allow them to get their house in order, to make up with the people they should be reconciled with, to make sure all their finances are in order, and so on. It would allow them to ride that bull named Fu Manchu, to love more deeply and all the other things a famous country song asks you to do when you know you're going to die. If God told you in advance, this disease you have is going to kill you, you'd be able to do that. And I just think, what a blessing for Hezekiah. And I bet Isaiah dropped the news gently with class. You know, Hezekiah and Isaiah were friends, and, and they liked each other, I think. I wonder if it was hard on Isaiah to tell his friend Hezekiah, uh, you're going to die, get ready. But, but either way, this is what God asked him to do, so Isaiah obeyed. You know, I can imagine the conversation went a little bit like this. King Hezekiah, I'm sorry you're not doing well. Yeah, yeah, this skin disease... Man, the skin disease I got is really painful. I'm thinking I should go to the doctor, but my insurance plan only covers office visits, and I'm not close to paying for my deductible. Hezekiah, Hezekiah, you're going to die. If only I'd chosen that HSA, that health savings account, I could have saved a lot, but... but... What did you just say? Um, don't worry about your office visits. Hezekiah, you're going to die. Yeah, I know that. You're going to die someday soon as well. Just because you're a prophet doesn't mean you're some Elijah and get to not die and instead ride in a flaming chariot. Talking about flaming chariots, I was thinking I need to decal all the nation's chariots with flames. That would look cool. No, Hezekiah. This disease you have right now will kill you. Get everything in order. Get ready. You are going to die soon. How do you know this? Have you been talking to my doctor? He's not the friendliest chap. He could improve his bedside manner. No. God told me that you are going to die from this illness. So get your house in order. Bye. I gotta run. Well, what would you do? How would you handle the news of your impending death? If 
you're old like me, you're probably like, yes, I want to go home to be with Jesus and to meet all my relatives. And I get to go to heaven to be with Jesus and no more baby shark ever. That is awesome. If you're younger, you're probably like, no, I have a lot of life yet. I got places I want to go, people I want to meet and marry. I want to go to prom. Hezekiah? His response was in that no category, but for completely different reasons. For good reasons, really. The Bible says Hezekiah wept bitterly. What that means is he cried, and he cried, and he cried, and he cried. He cried in his pillow. He cried in the soup the nurse brought him. He cried with the thermometer in his mouth while the nurse was taking his temperature. He cried and cried and cried, and then he turned his face to the wall and cried out to the Lord. The Bible says he prayed, and he prayed this prayer. He said, please, Lord, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. That was it. A short, simple prayer for help, for God to save his life. And you know what? God listened to his prayer and answered it with a yes. Isaiah had left him at this point and was leaving the palace and was in the inner courtyard when God told Isaiah to stop and go back to Hezekiah and tell him good news. Tell Hezekiah this, you are not going to die. Instead, you're going to live for another 15 years. Yay! Oh, and another thing. I am going to deliver Jerusalem from Sennacherib and the Syrians will not take Jerusalem. See, while Hezekiah was sick and dying, the Assyrians were surrounding Jerusalem, sieging it, and about to take Jerusalem. So so maybe that's why Hezekiah cried and cried and cried. He was going to die just as Jerusalem was going to fall. Maybe he was crying because he was not going to be there to help fight. Maybe he was crying because he wanted to do more reforms and clean out more pagan gods. Either way... God answered his prayer and said that you will live another 15 years and Assyria will not defeat Judah. What an awesome answer to prayer. I wish God always answered my prayers for loved ones who were struggling with illnesses or diseases or death. You know, I I wish God always answered my prayers for those loved ones that way. I mean, I've prayed for the lives of others, that God would not take them, that God would allow them to live, but God often has said no and has taken them home to be with him. I will admit, in my experience, very rarely has he granted them life, and very rarely has he given them another 15 years. You know, I would not take today's story as the standard norm for the way God is going to act. You know, if we ask him for the health of others to be restored, we should expect God to do it and to give us the next 5, 10, 15 years. He'll break it down into increments of 5. No, we shouldn't believe that. No. Instead, a far better way to pray for loved ones who are struggling with sickness and disease is how Jesus prayed in the garden when facing impending death on a cross. 
There he prayed that if at all possible, could God take away this cup, this coming death? I mean, he knew the pain and the horror he was about to face and asked God the Father if he would remove it. But then, Jesus adds, he adds this crucial point, only if that is your will. Jesus wanted a specific answer to prayer, but only if that is what God wanted. Only if that was God's will. Nevertheless, Jesus says, not my will but yours be done. Well, God answered Hezekiah's prayer and granted him life and another 15 years. And Isaiah added also that in three days, Hezekiah was going to get off his sickbed and go worship at the temple. Then as Isaiah waves his hand and calls for medical treatment to be applied to the boils and the skin disease that Hezekiah has. And you know what that medical treatment was? A lump of pressed figs. Whoa, awesome. Leading medical treatment of his day. They would take this lump of pressed figs, probably moist and wet, and they would press it into the wounds and boils of Hezekiah. Figs were considered a type of medicinal treatment. And it's interesting, God was going to heal Hezekiah by using the existing treatments used by the doctors of his day. So as the nurse began applying and pressing the figs onto his infections, Hezekiah, he asks Isaiah, is there a sign from God that all of this miraculous stuff is going to come to pass? Isaiah helps Hezekiah stand up. And he wants to show Hezekiah this amazing sign. They both walk out into the courtyard of the palace. And it says they stand by the stairway of King Ahaz. Now this stairway was outside and it stood in the sunlight that acted as a sundial. See, before watches and digital clocks, people would read the time by looking at sundials. Now, we are not certain what this sundial looked like, but we do know people knew of it and people used it to tell the time using the shadows cast by the sun on the steps. They could tell what time it was. So Isaiah asks Hezekiah, here is the sign that this miracle, that Sennacherib will be defeated, that you'll have another 15 years. Here is the sign that this was going to occur. The shadow on this sundial will go 10 steps forward or do you wish 10 steps backwards? What's it going to be? Forwards or backwards, Hezekiah? To which Hezekiah asks for the shadow cast by the sun on this sundial to go backwards. He's essentially asking for time to turn backwards. That's impossible, right? For time to rewind back by 10 hours or so? Well, that is what happened next. The sun moved backwards, or the shadow, I should say, on the sundial moved backwards by 10 spaces. Time moved backwards. Now that is a miracle. 
And now Hezekiah had proved that he was going to be healed and that Sennacherib would not invade Jerusalem and that Judah was going to continue. And he also got to see an amazing miracle. And as we know, in our last podcast, that is exactly what happened. Sennacherib left after an angel of the Lord killed 185,000 of his troops. Awesome. God is faithful. He did what he promised. Wow. What a miracle. What a way for Yahweh to show himself mighty for his people. And you know what? That news, it flew around the ancient Middle East and other kings heard about it. And and one of these kings was so moved by what he heard that he showed up to talk to Hezekiah. Who was that king? Well, it was a king in exile, actually. It was the exiled king of Babylon, and his name was Merodach Baladan. During this time, King Sennacherib and the Assyrians owned the Babylonians. They controlled Babylon and all his region. The Assyrians were powerful and crushed any Babylonian attempt to become the dominant power. The Assyrians were the top dog, and the Babylonians, though, they were coming up. They weren't far behind. The Babylonians were like the junior power in the region. Merodach Baladan sends a letter, and he says, Can I come to, to visit you, Hezekiah, and can I hear more about the miraculous sign that you had and how time moved backwards? Can I come visit you? Well, when Hezekiah gets a letter from Merodach Baladan, that's quite an honor. It made his chest puff up with pride a little Man, other important kings want to come see me? For this up-and-coming king, Merodach Baladan, he's on the run from Assyria, but he wants to come to see Hezekiah, and that was an honor. And he also probably came to try to get Hezekiah to join his Babylonian attempt to overthrow Assyrian control and to try to get a mishmash of other nations together to try to rise up against Assyrian power. Well, Merodach Baladan shows up. And Hezekiah is so proud of what he has accomplished that he shows Merodach around. He shows him the grand temple. He shows him the palace. He shows him all the king's camels and all the livestock. He shows him their Walmart with a self-checkout lane. He shows him their bowling alley. It's updated. I mean, Hezekiah is so proud. He shows Merodach Baladan everything. And Merodach Baladan is impressed. And then he leaves. Well, Hezekiah waves goodbye and begins to walk back to the palace. His head is held high. His chest is out. He has another 15 years. He's going to do a lot. He did a lot with the first 39. Why not do a lot with the last 15? And as he's walking back to the palace, he sees an old friend show up, Isaiah. Hey, Hezekiah says, hey, Izzy, my friend, how's it going? Hezekiah, Isaiah says, we have to talk. Uh-oh. No greeting, no hello, just we have to talk? Hezekiah knew something was wrong. 
So I can imagine they walk over to a palm tree and begin to talk. What's up, Izzy? You, you, you seem mad. Did you show Meridoc Baladin around? I sure did. We had a great time. I told him all about you as well and showed him everything. Did you really show him everything? Sure did. Showed him the new uh, water park we opened and the new shopping mall with its mile-long escalator. He liked that. Did you show him any part of the temple treasury? Did you show him any of the gold or silver in the temple vault? I sure did. I even counted it all out for him so that he knew exactly how rich we were. I, I never gave him the combination to the safe, though, so we're good. No, we are not. What you did, Hezekiah, was a terrible thing. And not only that, you failed the test given by God. There was a test. Yes, Isaiah says, God sent this king to visit you to see what was truly in your heart. Were you humble or full of pride? Well, guess what? Your actions show you have a very prideful heart. Plus, do you think Merodach is just here to be nice and to see if he'll join his group trying to overthrow Assyrian oppression? No, he's not. He's here to see how strong you are, what it would take to overrun you, to overrun us. And you and you just showed him everything. You showed him all your cards, all your wealth. He now knows exactly what he has to do to overthrow Judah, Hezekiah. Then Isaiah says this. Hear the word of the Lord. Look. The days are coming when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored up until today, and it was quite a lot, will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your descendants who come from you, whom you father, will be taken away and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. 2 Kings twenty sixteen through 18 not a great way to start his last 15 years. Isaiah says because of his pride, he showed this exiled king all the gold and all the treasure that he had. And Isaiah said because of his pride, he failed the test. And now comes the judgment of God. And the judgment of God is twofold. First, one day, all the wealth, all the money, and all the treasure in the temple and in the whole nation will one day be carried off to Babylon. Babylon? Now think about it. At this point, the king of Babylon is on the run, right? He's in exile. The big kids on the block are Sennacherib and Assyria. But Isaiah prophetically says that Babylon is going to take their treasures. And one day Babylon will be powerful enough that they will be used by God to judge Israel by taking all their wealth. One day Babylon will be the big dog on the block. And then Isaiah says that one day some of Hezekiah's descendants will be forced to serve in the Babylonian royal court. And you know who some of those descendants were who were dragged off to Babylon? A guy named Daniel, a guy named Shadrach, 
a guy named Meshach, and a guy named Abednego. Roughly a hundred years later, these four young men, descendants of Hezekiah, will be hauled off to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar. And you know how Hezekiah responds to this judgment upon his prideful failure? He smiles and says, Phew! At least this judgment won't occur in my time period. I dodged that bullet. Whew! I mean, that's essentially what it says there. I mean, what a thing to say. What a way to think. It shows his heart is still full of pride because that is how a prideful person thinks. Well, at least it's not my problem. But Hezekiah, it was your bad actions that led to this judgment. It was your bad behavior that will one day impact future generations that come from you. That should bother you, Hezekiah. But all Hezekiah thought was at least it wasn't going to happen in the rest of his 15 years of life. I'll kick the can down the road and and let my ancestors suffer. You know, it's important to remember that your actions have consequences that impact more than just yourself. There are no sins that only impact me. There is a community side to most sins and certainly to the most grievous ones. How many children suffer today because of the sinful choices of their parents? How many wives and husbands suffer because of the sinful choices of their spouses? Next time you are tempted to sin, stop and think. This is not going to just impact me. It's going to impact those around me. Your selfish desires will impact those closest to you. And a humble heart will care and change. But not Hezekiah. He shows what is in his heart. And according to 2 Chronicles 32 verse 25, it says this, However, because his heart was proud, Hezekiah didn't respond according to the benefit that had come to him. So there was wrath on him, Judah, and Jerusalem. And later on, the writer of Second Chronicles, he writes of Hezekiah that God left him to test him and to discover what was in his heart. Second Chronicles 32. And sadly, what God discovered in Hezekiah's heart was pride. And his final response seems to sum up this prideful heart. Well, at least the judgment won't fall upon me. That's literally what Hezekiah said to Isaiah in 2 Kings 20, verse 19. The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good, for he thought, why not? If there will be peace and security during my lifetime, why not? You know, if God's going to judge the future generations, that's cool with me. As long as there's peace and security during my lifetime... What an amazingly selfish thing to say, built on a heart of pride. Hezekiah did a lot of amazing things and had a heart devoted to the Lord overall. The Bible says he was one of the greatest kings of Judah, and the Lord blessed him with tremendous wealth and prosperity. He also built some amazing things, and one of them was a tunnel that he dug through solid rock, 
from the Gihon Spring to the Pool of Siloam, a distance of 1,770 feet with workmen digging from each end and meeting in the middle. Essentially, he connected a spring that was outside the walls of Jerusalem and dug through all the rocks so that it came up in the middle of the city. And this tunnel can still be seen today, and it was a technological marvel of his day. Hezekiah was a godly king who the writer of 2 Kings says of him that Hezekiah relied on the Lord God of Israel. Not one of the kings of Judah was like him, either before him or after him. He remained, verse 6, faithful to the Lord and did not turn from following him, but kept the commands the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord was with him, and wherever he went, he prospered. 2 Kings 18, verses 5 through 7. And that is what can be said of him overall. But those last 15 years, starting in that year 701 B.C., they didn't go too well. He began it with pride, which led to sinful actions, which led to dire consequences for the people of Judah and Hezekiah's own ancestors. And also, in the last 15 years of his life, Hezekiah fathered a son. And this son, he named Manasseh. So Manasseh, from the age of 12 onwards, was co-ruler with Hezekiah. And I can imagine Hezekiah pours into Manasseh. This is how a godly king acts. This is how a godly king should be. He pours into him during those years. And then one day at the end of Hezekiah's 15-year extension of life, Hezekiah dies. And now Manasseh becomes the king. The numero uno, the big cheese, the leader of Judah. The people must have rejoiced. Manasseh, raised by one of the godliest kings of Judah, a man loyal to Yahweh all his days. Surely this means they will have a godly king in Manasseh who will be loyal to Yahweh all his days. And you know what? Come back next week find out. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week. Thank you.